let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for your word. We give you thanks for this chance to come before you. We give you thanks for this chance to hear you. God, guide us that we may do indeed, indeed do that, hear you and speak your truth. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk, the podcast where we do essentially what we claim to do most of the time. We wander. Um, look, that's podcasting, friends. Um and we talk about scripture and specifically, um, for those of y'all who haven't figured this out at this point, this is the scripture that we're going to preach on on Sunday. So what this show actually is, um, is at least uh, two folks are going to be preaching um, on the text and often three folks are going to be preaching in the text, um, spitballing our ideas of things we know, theological questions and concepts that it brings up. Um, and, and, and often if you watch the show and then watch the sermon, you will see shared DNA and that's on purpose. We want, um, us to spend more than the 20 to 30 minutes a week with this scripture. Um, let's sit with it. We make an hour of content every week, um, at least about any given scripture Mm -hmm. so that we can sit with it and see what ideas percolate up. And so even if you're going to hear me preach on a Sunday, if you're going to hear Brandy preach on a Sunday, or if you're going to hear Scott preach on a Sunday, you're also hearing several other people's thoughts, um, about any given scripture. Anyways, uh, I've, I've mentioned them. Let me introduce my actual co-host. Um, go for it. Sister Brandy Dudley. Pastor Scott Ketchup. Um, and on the ones and twos this week, we have Ken Diesterhoff. Uh, <laughs> filling, filling in uh, for the absent uh, Stacy Tyler, uh, who is taking care of his mother. Uh, keep uh, that family in your prayers. Um, she uh, was diagnosed with an impacted bowel. Um, it's just real rough. Uh, she's in the hospital in Dallas and Stacy is with her. And so uh, definitely keep them in your prayers. Our scripture this evening is Acts um, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40. It is Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go towards the south, the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah, you know, like you do when you're traveling. Uh, Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet. He asked, do you understand what you are reading? He replied, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now, the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a silent lamb before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe this generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, about whom, may I ask you, does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? The answer to that question, by the way, eunuch, is yes. Then Philip began to speak, and starting with, starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot, Stop. And both of, both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. 
When they came, when he, when they came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit of the, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself in Azotus, and he was passing through the region. He proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. You gotta feel for Philip. He's getting <laughs> yanked all over the shop. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, as an elder in the United Methodist Church, I understand that somewhat, just in a longer time scale. Um, but I do understand this feeling of getting yanked around. But okay, back to my joke about the eunuch asked this question: um, Is Isaiah writing about himself, or is writing is he writing about Jesus? To which I would say, yes, he is. It's both, right? Um, those prophecies, especially the Messiah prophecies, um, in places like Isaiah and, um, places like Micah and Zechariah and all, all the places they show up are, are about Jesus. This is the thing, A, we fundamentally believe as Christians, but it doesn't come out of nowhere. It comes out of moments like this where, you know, here, you know, even Luke in Acts and Philip is pointing out that this is about Jesus. But they were also true in their own time about something else, right? Often the Messiah prophecies are also about the rise of King Cyrus that is going to let the people come home from exile. That's part of what Isaiah has in mind. Now, we can't ever put ourselves in Isaiah's mind. Does Isaiah also see Jesus as God is writing him, leading him to write these words? I happen to think yes, because the job of the prophet is to, you know, see what God is thinking. But in some ways, that doesn't matter. Um, because, you know, here we see people like Jesus directly and Paul and the gospel writers saying, these were true about what happened, you know, in, in the case of Isaiah, like 600 years previous. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are also true, or true then, and even more true in Jesus. This is one of the, this is, so the answer to a yes or no question is, to, a, to an either or question is yes. It's both. <laughs> it is both true. The prophet is writing about himself. That's clear. Um, he's getting, you know, being a prophet's a rough job. It's also clear to us as Christian people that he's talking about Jesus. Evangelism at its best right here. I mean, you got evangelism and Bible study all at the same time right here because you get a chance to, <laughs> I love the opportunity that he, he has, Philip has to say, do you understand what you're talking about? Let me show you the light, brother. Let me explain this to you. And it's wonderful that you can help somebody study the scriptures. You get great joy into helping someone understand the word better. And I just love the part that he just takes his time and sits with him. And the spirit leads him to do that. So in our Christian, while when someone asks, help me study the word, jump in at it. Don't lose the opportunity. Go for it. I love it. You know, I, I love what you said, how the Spirit led him to it. Um, when you look at the background of what's going on, Philip is kind of a fort runner, a frontline man in a profitable uh, ministry already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When the Holy Spirit tells him, okay, leave there. You know, I, I wonder how many you know, today would be in a prosperous ministry and feel the Lord tell him to leave. It might be like, Did you hear is uh-huh. that really you, uh-huh. Lord? Uh, uh-huh. get, get, you know, pull, pull a, you know, a, I'm not going to be removed from, but, but, but he was sensitive and obeyed. So he, and I'm sure he did some checking that he was following the right thing. And in that he's led to an individual specifically at exactly the right moment. Yes. I mean, the, the timing of it was perfect. Had he shown up any time other than while he was actively reading that he might not have had the man with his heart prepared, but he's obviously right there reading the scripture. He gets there. He hears him reading it. 
And so he's able to jump in and go, hey, let me tell you a little bit about that. You know, But he doesn't do it rudely. He has this, and in the jump up of, that's right, and you need to know what that's talking about. As we've talked about the hellfire brimstone. Yeah, or right, going the to, hard sell. Yeah, uh-huh. the hard sell. He's, so do you understand that? How do you, He's still following the guiding of the spirit, uh-huh. even in how he approaches this individual, because... This is obviously a man of importance. Yes, uh, he, you know, it, it tells us that. But I mean, the dude's riding around in a chariot, right? You know, <laughs> dude's in a Rolls Royce, right? Yeah. Like, let's let, let, let's let's frame let's frame this for modern ears for a second. Like, right. dude's rolling, dude's rolling in a, in a Rolls Royce with the windows down, reading the prophet Isaiah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and Philip comes up, feels led by the Spirit, right? And this is an era where, like. The, you know, the classes, the different classes of folks didn't really interact. So, like, yeah. how many rulers of the world had Philip really interacted with? Um, and so, you know, uh, Philip walks up to Moneybags the eunuch in his Rolls Royce and goes, can I help you with that, sir? Right, like, that's, you know, <laughs> shout outs to Philip. Like, he clearly is led by the spirit. But also, like. I, I like this. This is one of my favorite stories in Acts, partly because anytime you teach it to youth, you have to explain what a eunuch is, and that's fun. Uh, uh, just say me. <laughs> just me. Well, no, it, it matters. Like it was. A, so what if our audience doesn't know? So a eunuch oh. has had his testicles removed so that he could be trustworthy. Hello. Right? And, and like, we would think of that, you say that, and like, you know, our society, I think, would view that negatively. It actually was so he could be trustworthy, um, particularly when he is serving a fem- clearly serving a female ruler. Yeah. Um, this would have, um, often there was a court eunuch that could be uniquely trusted um, because um, a court eunuch can't throw off um, um, order of secession. Yeah. Right. Um, that even if hinky stuff happens, you know, you can trust a eunuch. Onic often eunuchs may, may manage harems as well, because you can trust a eunuch that whatever happens, um, they can't screw up your line of secession, which is the thing they really care about. Right. Um, and so this is him being a eunuch actually here is to amplify his station um, rather than denigrate him um, as somehow less of a human. No, he has been modified um, because of his commitment to the Candace um, and thus was considered more trustworthy. And honestly, like if someone is willing to go through that for the sake of your court, yeah, I trust them too. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, What I like, that's part of why I like this story just because it's fun and awkward. Um, (laughs) <laughs> the other reason I like this story is this feel, This is the first story we've come across in our journey about evangelism, which feels like an evangelism model for the 21st century yeah. that I think mm-hmm. will work, right? I think the days of standing on a street corner with a bullhorn, which is essentially what Peter does, um, I think those days are past. Some of it is uh, we've overused that card, um, and, and some of it is that's not the place I don't think that's the way the world mm-hmm. interacts with itself anymore. But this idea of um, being willing to take someone on a journey with you. I mean, there's literally a journey happening, right? Um, to journey with someone, open their eyes to the good news. Um, this is much more of, you know, I, I, I've told this story before, so forgive me, friends. Um, but I, I, there was once a street corner preacher um, that came to my college. They came a lot. Uh, but one one time when they came, I got 
hacked off, um, which doesn't surprise anybody. And I decided I was going to yell at them. They were yelling at the students. I decided I was going to stand across from them and I was going to yell at them all verses about how God loves us. This was very clever. I was very proud of myself. Uh, by the way, uh, my then girlfriend, now spouse, hated this idea. Uh, my lovely wife is conflict averse and what I was doing was literally diving into conflict. Um, but in provoking this man, um, he said something that has stuck with me as just being so ludicrous um, because it's here um, preempted by scripture. Um, that um, there's no such thing as relational salvation, that no one got saved um, in the that no one got saved by having a relationship with somebody. Um, let me see. Hey, Ken, are we losing frames? Yes. Okay. Then that's what it is. Then is it tanking hard? Yes. Okay. Well, let's we'll see if it stays up. If not, we'll post the archives. Um. Anyways, that. Anyway, that the, the no one got saved by someone. Basically, no one got saved by someone being nice to them. That's yeah. not true. Here we see, right? First of all, that's not true because that's how the, the disciples come to Christ, yeah. by Christ by journeying with Christ for years, right, as, as Jesus' friends. Um, but here we see someone building this relationship, and through this relationship, the man's coming to be baptized. And, you know— this is the Bible, and so this is a compressed time frame. This is a miraculously quick time frame. Now, it's not going to be for everyone that, like, in one car ride to the lake, mm. you're going to bring someone to Christ. You might. It's worth a shot. Um, but you may have to journey with them further. Um, but you see this, like, very relational, very, like, I, I think a model that is very appropriate for our modern world. Yeah. And, and you know we, as we choked about burning uh, podcast info before the thing, th there is a thing that we see here going on that 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 idea of how different people have different aspects of the uh, uh, process in telling people about Jesus because his heart was prepared. Yes, uh -huh. I mean he's sitting there reading Isaiah. So he's the, he is so he's an Ethiopian Jew for one. Yeah, right, uh -huh. right. He and obviously you know uh, back then books were expensive. The 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 and all of that so not everyone had bibles like we have multiples laying around so he spent some money for that yeah and uh quite possibly as we were talking about you know he's from ethiopia so this probably traces back to queen sheba yeah. and solomon the diaspora of the jews and so you you have this history that he has somewhat been familiar with uh -huh. and so he's kind of in a in a place that's already ready for that to happen and then just by the movement of the holy spirit philip's brought and uh, which brings to one of the f the funny comments in the chat. Uh, I like the poof you're here and poof you're gone. Yes, right, right. Yeah, there's that a real happens, like, yeah, a, a legitimate like beam me up moment. Yeah. And, and you know, I can honestly say I wonder. We think about how that felt for Philip, but imagine the the eunuch. Yeah, you yeah. know, who's just been baptized and away well, you go. go. So but also, he's the first to be itinerary in minister or something. He get itinerant elder. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, trust me, I, I again, I, I understand that, like, poof, you're here, and poof, you're gone, uh, feeling all too well. But I also think this is one of those, this text often gets used in a way of a way to talk about the, the idea of being ready to preach, pray, or die, right? At a moment's notice, right? Yeah. That um, when... <laughs> When Philip is yanked there, he has no idea what he's going to do. And what he ends up doing um, is using really intense Bible study to help this man uh, find his way to Christ. And it works because he's ready. Um, but this also, in, in that relationship building, um, part of our job in reaching out and our job in evangelism is somewhat our own, often comes back to our, doing our own spiritual work mm -hmm. so that we're ready to help walk someone through that. Now, 
Um, I know that can intimidate folks. It doesn't mean you have to be a scripture expert the way Philip is. It is also maybe the idea of being ready for a modern world in particular is be ready with your own story. Uh-huh. Be ready yeah. with your own understanding. Be ready with how you see God um, and in that way how God has impacted your life and in that way you're able to communicate um, the impact, right? Um, scripture is important. I say it like I'm holding a Bible in my hand because usually when I say that I am. Um, <laughs> scripture is important, but to someone who is not coming from the faith, uh, scripture may not be the thing. Here, uniquely about this eunuch, he seems to be a Jewish Ethiopian eunuch. Um, and so scripture has value for him enough that he, you know, as Scott rightly points out, he spent a lot of money um, to acquire some scripture. Not, you know, no, you didn't have pocket Bibles. You didn't have books, really. You had, you know, scrolls and big ones. And so he's bought in this giant scroll. Um, he's reading it. And so that's why telling the story of scripture makes a ton of sense here but that doesn't always have to be the thing we're ready with um you can yell scriptures at people who have no understanding of why scripture matters all day long and it ain't gonna stick it's like yeah yeah, yeah, okay it's a book who cares to introduce them to god and then the power of scripture can speak forth but this is where testimony is important because uh when he was uh reading and he said well is he talking about himself the, the prophet or somebody else and that opened up the door for yeah. Philip to testify about the life mm-hmm. of Jesus yeah. to the point where the man got excited and said, I need some water that's, that's baptized me. So in our Christian walk with others, when you tell your story about how Jesus works in your life and how they can work, he can work in their lives, then it opens up a door for them to say, hey, I want what you got, you know. You know, um, John Wesley was real big about the ex experiential aspect of uh, this walk. And I think that that's the part that really plays into, as much as I enjoy apologetics and getting into the, sure. the, the ins and outs of the logical thing, there's a lot to be said about the experience that reaches sometimes further than what just the head knowledge will. And so that's what's going on here. You have the Ethiopian starting to have an experience which from his perspective philip could have just poofed in out of nowhere right. and then he definitely poofed out uh-huh. and so he has an experience and then philip's experiences are what is allowing him to go well no I, let me tell you about this man that i knew and and how he plays into this right and so um you know that's why in in revelation it talks about they overcome by the blood of the lamb and, and the, the power of their testimony, testimony. Right. yeah right. and so that's that's what speaks to the you know I can set up an argument that can hit logical and everybody can tear it apart. But there's things that, that come into the point of, well, look, here's what I do know. Uh, you know, the man was blind. Now he sees. We, right. we saw that, you know, yeah. the, the lame couldn't walk and then he's walking and they, and they uh-huh. couldn't argue that. We and saw that thousands last of people come yeah. to Christ because of Peter is Peter, some of because of what Peter said, but it's actually because they were all in amazement that they, he, he healed this the man who was yeah. lame from birth, this extraordinary act of love. And so we all have this opportunity of that's what we're invited into is for all of us to be invited into an experience uh-huh. with our God. Right. And so, yeah. So I had to read one of those uh, terrible business. They're not terrible. I had to read a, I read to read a book on like, leadership um, that uh, had the concept of the elephant and the writer. Okay. Um, and so uh, the writer, that's your frontal cortex. That's your logical part. And the elephant is your emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is um, what is more powerful, the elephant or the writer. 
right? It's not that the intellectual does not have power, right? It can help steer the elephant. But the actual powerful force within the human heart, within the human mind, is our emotions. And those are often started up by the experiential, right? If we were going to win the day with purely logical arguments, um, then we would have won the day thousand a thousand years ago, right? Yeah. Then um, the the academic theologians of the Middle Ages who knew this stuff backwards and forwards um, would have won the day a long time ago, and especially in our modern world, where um, where information is uh, differing, information is everywhere. Um, what has a lot more credibility is your personal story, of like I was this way and now I am this way. Mm-hmm. I felt this. And now I felt that. And that's something you don't need to spend three years in seminary to do. That's something that you don't need a lifetime of, you know, Sunday school knowledge or whatever. Because that that is uniquely yours and you are a uniquely accurate source for your own story. And be willing to share yeah. your story because I can share I can testify to that because my best friend came to me and pretty much said that she wanted to know more about the walk with God and stuff. She's been in church all her life, but she wanted to know more. And I said, well, let's walk together. I'll show you, you know, the essence of God. I'll show you God's heart and how to, how to get there. And I'll walk with you. I'll literally walk with you. I'll take Bible study to your house. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll you know, I'll teach you what you need to know. And so far in, in her journey, she's kind of excelled more spiritually and developing her own testimony yeah. on how God is working in her life. Couple of comments here. Uh, we have, you know, re reiterating there that end part when it came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns till he reached Caesarea. So we see the flexibility yeah. of even from Philip of just poof, all right, well, I'll keep going. And then, you know, whenever the rider is tired, the elephant does the driving. Right. And that's never good. Well, no, oh. no actually, that's not necessarily true. It's not, not necessarily true that it's bad. Yeah. Right? It is true. Um, also, the elephant is is the more important motivating force. Yeah. Right? And so this is one, in business, this was one of those, like, business leadership books that it's, like, fundamentally understand your people's emotions um, and motivate them and get them emotionally invested in what's happening. Um, you could make all the logical arguments you want, and that will impact the writer, and some people are more, more likely to listen to their writer than others, but fundamentally, let's motivate the elephant. Yeah. And, and I think that's true for evangelism, right? Um, that we... We have this ideal, certainly in Western culture, um, we idolize Vulcans, right? We idolize the, the purely logical, uh, live long and mm-hmm. prosper, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, but people aren't that, um, you know. Uh, people are more, are more Klingon, uh, very emotional people. Uh, <laughs> you know, we value this pure logic and emotion, over emotion thing. But the truth is, is we are led by our emotions and there is nothing wrong with stirring someone's emotions with your testimony. Um, the, 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 you know, coming to Christ should be an emotional experience. This is one of those things that like Wesley gets wrong early in his career, right? Um, so John Wesley early in his career was convinced that uh, faith was directly equivalent to assent, uh, meaning an intellectual understanding that yes, there is a God, therefore I have faith. And um, he is trapped in the middle. I'm going to tell the story poorly, but um, he's <laughs> um, he's trapped in the middle of the ocean. Um, and, uh, they're in a terrible storm. Um, and he thinks he's going to die and he feels hopeless. 
Um, and what he realizes in that moment after a failed missionary career is, no, I don't actually have faith. Um, I don't, I don't have faith. Um, and then he's watching these Moravians uh, mm-hmm. sing hymns to God um, in the middle of a potentially deadly storm. Now they all live or, you know, there wouldn't be Methodism, right? And they all live <laughs> um, and he gets back to London. And this is what leads to his spiritual awakening on Aldersgate Street, uh-huh. um, where he finally has that emotional response to God moving in his life. Yeah, my, of course, but of course he is still overly heady. He is still John Wesley. And so, you know, and very British, my heart was strangely warm. Right, which is just awkward <laughs> phrasing, um, but it, it is like he finally connected the head and the heart. Um, he finally connected the elephant and the rider. Right, the the just the rider, just the the brain portion, um, just the not that it's all your brain, but just the 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 frontal cortex, prefrontal cortex, the intellectual, logical wasn't enough. Like it had not sunk into him, so that when he hits the crisis of a failed missionary career um, and a horrific storm at sea in the 1700s, which would kill you, they can kill you even now with modern shipping technology. It could really kill you in the 1700s. Um, he didn't actually have the faith. When it sunk into his heart, when finally the elephant got involved, um, is when the faith finally took hold. And so I, I, I understand that whoever was in the chat's probably making a joke. But the actual truth is, it's not so bad um, as long as your elephant is well struck, well informed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll probably mispronounce this, but the comment is okay so my 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 only klingon is not appropriate for podcasting (laughs) i do not know how to say anything pleasant in klingon Um, and so um i will refrain Uh, because i literally have one phrase in klingon and it is a swear although at one point i owned they have translated hamlet um, the Shakespearean play Hamlet into Klingon. Uh, you can buy Hamlet in Klingon. Oh my! Because there's nothing like Hamlet and then its original Klingon. <laughs> I mean, Hamlet <laughs> is a fairly Klingon book if you really think yeah. about. You know, um, it really certainly expresses a lot of deeply Klingon values. Um, yeah. Okay. This. <laughs> <laughs> The point being that there is balance of, you know, it takes uh, the mind, understanding, the yeah. and the uh, passion, uh, because it's about the relationship. relationship. It yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, all of scripture is a love story. I yeah. mean, when we really look at what it is, the, uh, the chasing down and bringing back into the fold. And so, wow, Philip, just in this situation yeah. just uh following the direction of the holy spirit and we see a life change yes. and this would be one of those things that would be interesting to see the rest of the story because well the ethiopian is a man of great influence well who knows what right. he went and shared and so how here, that went. so yeah. here's what we do know right um there is an ethiopian orthodox church yes um that still exists to this day um, and it is a fairly ancient church. It go, it traces its roots very. It traces its roots back to this moment in Scripture. Mm-hmm. But even if you are a skeptical historian, it is an ancient church with its own. In, in the same way that, like the Syrian church, is very different um, mm-hmm. from what we would also a church that call the, a Christian church that uses the word Allah because it is just the Arabic word for God. Um, and so, but the. You have this deeply ancient Christian tradition um, with a fierce independent spirit um, in Ethiopia to this day. 
um, if I remember correctly, it's been a while since I was at Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. The Ethiopian Orthodox Church does have their own section of Holy Sepulchre, as a lot of there's a Catholic section and an Eastern Orthodox section. Um, and then at some point, historically, the Ethiopians got thrown out for whatever reason, and so they now reside on the roof. And so there are the Ethiopian uh, Orthodox chapels and, and setup is on the roof of Holy Sepulchre. Holy Sepulchre is often a place of great, um, great conflict. There is a ladder over the door of the of Holy Sepulchre, and the story goes that you needed that ladder to lock the doors, and so not, so that no one could lock the doors again. They put the ladder above the door sill uh, to make a point. Uh, look, you have all of these denominations with real real rough histories um, at each other, right? You know, you just look at the naming convention of the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church. We just think of these as words that sound like gobbledygook, but they're actually words with meaning, right? Catholic Church meaning, as we often say, the universal church. The uh, Orthodox Church, by the way, means the right-believing church. And so the right-believing church left the Orthodox, left the universal church. This is very much like First Baptist, and then Friendship Baptist, and then Bible-believing Baptist, and then apparently God is Baptist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite church name from the Palestine community. I mean, no aspersions on God is Baptist church. It just, it is a fascinating name for a church. Um, but we see this play out in our own lives. Anyways, this is probably as good a place as any um, to end it. Thank y'all so much uh, for joining us. Um, also, thank you for joining us uh, for this Klingon history lesson, uh, this lesson about Klingon and Vulcan culture. Um, thank you. Know, uh, if you uh, have any feedback uh, or quotes in Klingon, um, you can uh, leave comments over on our Facebook page. Uh, sorry about the internet. We can't. Um, I may try to repost this file, um, video file after the fact, for anyone who wants to go back and catch the full version sans interruption. Um, But you can leave uh, there on our Facebook comments. Um, You can leave a comment over our YouTube channel where the uh, finished video version will also show up. You can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. You can email Zito Media through their website. Just Google Zito Media, Palestine, um, and leave your rude notes there. Um, If you're looking for an audio-only version of the show, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. And we, some version of we, will be back a one week from this evening. Um, also, if you are a after-the-fact listener and don't realize, we do record this live-ish every Monday at promptly at 6 p.m., Zito willing. Um, and so you can check us out there. Um, or we post it after-the-fact all over the place because we just want people to learn about Scripture. Um, also, go in peace, love, and serve the Lord. And... Fear not. Stay well. God is with us. Now we dance. Nope. Yep. I hit it. I did hit it. I hit the button. And I'm not going to mess up. And switch shots. Lose the button.